Impress your friends. Amaze your coworkers. Make your family proud. Here's what you need to know. Fourth quarter of the program begins right now. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. It didn't take him long. Uh, begins right now from Surprise, Arizona. Our need to know is brought to you by our friends at Easton Roofing. Uh, they are the best. Are you a property manager? Do you own a business? When it comes to uh, handling your roof, nobody wants their business disrupted. Nobody wants to know that the parking lot's going to be a white-hot mess. There's going to be crap everywhere. That's not how Easton Roofing works. Maybe other roofing companies do. Not Easton Roofing. Turnkey solutions for property managers, business owners, including a parking plan, schedule, safety plan, warranty expectations, all up front. There's no guessing with Easton Roofing. In fact, the most exclusive commercial roofing manufacturers in the country, like Elevate, Gaco, Carlisle, JM, they only supply the very best roofing companies. In Kansas City, they supply Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing can write warranties on commercial flat roofs for up to 30 years. There's only a couple of companies, a handful of companies across the entire country that can say that. Kansas City, that's Easton Roofing. Find them online at EastonRoofing.com. EastonRoofing.com. Whether it's your business, whether it's your home, insulation, gutters, yes, they do it all. No payment collected until you're 100% satisfied. You just heard Joe talking right there. Family owned, locally owned, Easton Roofing. The only folks that will be on my on my roof, uh, on my mom's roof, is Easton Roofing. Online at EastonRoofing.com. Uh, let's start with a little baseball news. Uh, let's start with Carter Jensen. Uh, Jack Johnson is uh, out here covering the Royal. Uh, with me, Carter Jensen, I, uh, uh, what, third-round pick of the Royals, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the 21 draft? I'm not because I'm looking right at it. Straight out of Park Hill High School, and uh, you've been uh, chatting with him today. What, do, what did Carter Jensen have to say about spring training? Yeah, so yesterday I was at the field right behind us here, right behind this building, and Will Klein's on the bump. It was in the Futures game last year for Kansas City. Throws 97, 98, 100 miles an hour. And here comes 20-year-old Carter Jensen to the plate. And 98, 99, firm, uh, probably a little bit elevated. But he hit the ball further than anybody's hit one so far in the two days that we've been down here. Probably cleared the 375 uh, signage by 30, 40, maybe even 50 feet. I mean, the ball flew. It sounded like a car car crash collision. So this morning I had the chance to talk to him a little bit. And I asked him if that power is something that he's slowly growing into. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely something um, we've been working on, uh, consistency, hitting the ball cleaner um, a lot more. So that's the thing that I think this year, a big thing for me, I think I'm going to grow into that power and show it off a little bit more. And um, that's, I mean, that's the plan. So, I mean, Will Klein, I mean, great pitcher. He got me his first at bat. He got me in the first at bat, struck me out. Um, so, I mean, he's tried to go back up there this long time, put a good swing on the ball. And, um, I mean, that's all I can control. You know, one of the youngest guys here in camp. What's it been like for you? I mean, a lot of veterans out here, you know, Salvador Perez, you know, obviously an icon here in Kansas City, and you get to play the position you know, right behind him, working with him, but being one of the youngest guys here, what's this been like for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, even though like I am probably the youngest guy here, it doesn't really feel like that these guys have brought me in, um, both in arms. I mean, they've helped me out a ton. Um, guys like Bobby, Michael Massey, MJ, um, Salvi, and Freddie, I mean, those guys have all brought me in, uh, made me feel like a part of the team, even though I'm uh, this is my first big league spring training. So, I mean, those guys have been incredible, and I'm super excited to keep working with them this spring. What's this off season been like for you, you know, kind of getting, you know, another season under your belt, you know, working out, and then you get this opportunity here. What was kind of your theme that you wanted to achieve in the off season before getting here? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to keep on honing in all my skills, especially catching, um, like how important that position is. Um, and there's been a lot of, I guess, 
I guess, conspiracy on whether I'm going to be a catcher or not. So, I mean, the only thing that I can control is how hard I work at catching. Um, and that's one of the things that I really worked on this offseason. Worked really hard behind the plate and um, just to kind of prove to everybody that I can catch. Um, that's something that that, um, that I can do and I can do it well. So um, that's something that I've really been trying to do. And then hitting, of course, um, like the past seasons, I haven't showed um, my full potential. So. Um, I'm just working towards that full potential, letting it show a little bit, going into that power and um, putting good swings on balls. Now, behind the plate is your primary spot, but if there was one other position you might be able to adjust to, is there a position in your past you used to play or one that maybe you're trying to work on a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I played everywhere. Um, played corner infield, um, played the corner outfield also. So I think I'm, selfishly, I think I'm athletic <laughs> enough to play anywhere um, if that were the case. But, I mean, um, yeah, it's whatever the organization needs, honestly. I mean, I'm open to anything. I mean, this is my hometown team, and so I'm just, any way I can help the team out, that's what I'm going to do, and uh, no questions asked. So. Carter, thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. That was my chat with Carter Jensen earlier today. I mean, really bright kid, too, and I think it's got to be tough. 20 years old. right? There's there's 35-year-olds, there's 36-year-olds in there. His locker is right at the entrance of the clubhouse as well, but I got to tell you, there's been two sounds so far in camp that I've been able to hear, and it kind of turned everybody's eye toward that field. Uh, Carter Jensen was one the other day. Even John Sherman had his eyebrows kind of raise a little bit after that that swing because I'm not exaggerating. I, I think the ball went about 450. Yeah, and that, and that is one of the things. Like, yeah, I, I love how I got into because a lot of the conversation you know that I've had is, is people like, well, I don't know that he can stay behind the plate, mm-hmm. but I think the bat's going to play. Yep. And, you know, he has the the strike zone judgment. Uh, batting average for the last two years when he's played in full season ball, uh, 485 at-bats at low A in Columbia in 22, 227 batting average, but a 363 on base. Uh, in high A last year, 497 uh, plate, I said bats plate appearances, 497 plate appearances, uh, 211 batting average, but again a 356 on base. The slugs... 382 and 363 don't blow you away, but a lot of that's because he's just not hitting enough. You know, if he can tack on some singles, that'll push that up there. And so you see the power. This is one that's interesting. I go back to our conversation that we had with Alex Zumwalt about the fact that, you know, well, what's the idea behind promoting, right? Like what, what, you know, I see guys that have big numbers and don't get promoted. I see guys that don't have numbers and get promoted. I guess they like the strike zone judgment, and they're promoting him on up. Um, you know, I, I wonder where he goes to start this year. You know, I, I've thought about the same thing. I'd imagine pretty soon here we'll see him in Quad Cities and high. I think the goal would be to maybe by season's end be in Double A with Northwest Arkansas. Uh, what I was excited to hear is that 19 years old, they got him in big league camp, and he yeah. hasn't batted. He batted 211 in high A ball last year. Somebody thinks something of him yes. because the, though though. The, High A ball, 19, 211 batting average. Does not equal big league invite. Yet he's got one. So somebody thinks something of him. They they want him around the big league clubhouse for some reason. Uh, I think he's also got one of the more mature approaches of anybody in the minor leagues. I mean, you look at that, you hit 211. You know, I, I loved in the interview with Alex Zumo, you know, he's talking about you know, kind of being down on yourself. You go 0 for 4, but hit the ball really hard. Well, what else are you doing at the plate? If you're getting on base, uh, that is what matters. Uh, you know, and I think for Carter Jensen, 
you kind of feel like once he matures a little bit, once he gets a little bit more familiar at the minor league level, and when he gets hot, he's already got the approach. He's already got the good eye at the plate. I think what's going to come down to is maybe at times being more aggressive than passive. We've seen that with Nick Prado, right, that he was so focused on walking and taking a lot of pitches that eventually pitcher said, I'm going to give it to you right down the middle, and you're not going to swing at it. I think with Jensen, the – the transition we're going to hope for is that he's already got the eye at the plate, and then when he starts getting fed, those fastballs belt high like there was yesterday with Will Klein, he can turn on. I mean, how many 20-year-olds can turn on 98, 99 to hit a 450? I would say not many. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, great stuff today, Jack. I appreciate it. You heard Jack all day. Starting with the Border Patrol, the zone, uh, doing a great job covering the uh, Royals out here. We'll have more from Jack. Uh, the rest of the uh, week, uh, let's hear from Matt Cotrero. He met with the media today. Uh, one of the things I wanted to know is about center field. What is the plan? What is ideal? Quatrero's, is it tough not to crack, fellas? I mean, you know, I like the honesty, and I like it because he's a challenge, but I, I was, you know, I'm like, look, Drew Kyle Isbell played well defensively, didn't hit. Drew Waters is a guy that they seemingly wanted in center field. I asked him basically, what do you want? I said, we'd all like Griffey, who can play every day, and be great defensively and offensively. What do you want? Do you want an everyday center fielder, or do you see this as more of a platoon system? Again, the same thing. I mean, we're going to try to put the best nine out there to match up with the opposition every night, whether that's a starter or the bullpen. we got to factor in our offensive side. we got to factor in our defensive side. You know, and we're going to use players within the game, too. So it's not going to be just because you start, you play all nine, or just because you're not starting, you don't get in the game. So we're going to be open to using everybody. Um. I'm I'm hearing a lot of platooning. That's what I think I'm hearing from that, yeah. that we're going to go matchups. And so, which I love the idea of, if you've got the depth and you've got the position flexibility, which I think is a lot of like, if you're like, well, Garrett Hampson had one good on base here, but why are we getting, well, because he can play a lot of positions. And if you've got that, you can mix and match a little more. It sounds to me like that's what he wants to do. That's what I took from that. Uh, agreed. And I, I don't know if that's the kind of approach he would take if he had Carlos Beltran in center field. I, I My assumption is that he's taking that uh, that angle um, because that's the talent he has at, in those at those positions. So I, I can't imagine as you, you stated when you prefaced the question. And if you, we'd all like to have Griffey out there, I'm sure he would too. He kind of kind of giggled, laughed, was like, "Yeah, yeah," um, but he didn't have that guy. And so let's let's make the best of it, and that means that means whoever's best for that night plays now. There, that does kind of come with some challenges. It, it comes with an accurate – every night you have to make an accurate read of what that position requires, and that's going to be uh, his responsibility uh, alone in the end because he's the manager. That's the challenge of having that. It's nice to have that ability, but you have to make sure you can, you're can you putting the right guy in the right spot. Whereas if you have a guy who's great, you just put him in center field and say go. A lot more coming here from Surprise Arizona. We're going to talk to Vinny Pascotino, and Jordan Lyles is going to be with us as well. Still to come this hour, so a lot more Royals baseball. Uh, biggest news coming out of Kansas City is the fact that uh, Desiree Reed-Francois is leaving Missouri. She will no longer be the AD there. She's going to take the same job at her alma mater at Arizona. Reed-Francois took the job at Mizzou in August of 21. She'll reportedly sign a five-year deal at Arizona that will have her making a little less at Arizona than she was making at Missouri. So 
Interesting decision, to say the least, to see her uh, moving on. Uh, college basketball news, UConn unanimous. Number one team in the latest AP poll. Houston up to number two following Purdue's loss. Boilermakers fell one spot to number three. Arizona and Tennessee round out the top five. Iowa State jumped clear to number six. Kansas fell to nine. Baylor is 11. Texas Tech 23. BYU 25. OU fell out of the rankings and failed to receive a vote in the uh, latest poll. College basketball tonight. K-State at Texas at 8. That's on ESPN 2. The Horns an 8.5 point favorite. Iowa State at Houston at 8 on ESPN. The Cougs an 8.5 point favorite there. One nugget, one NFL note that also has uh, some local How about that? Uh, flavor to it. Love this. The Los Angeles Rams are hiring Iowa State offensive coordinator Nathan Shieldhouse. He of Illinois. He of Rockhurst High School. Uh, he will be their pass game specialist. Uh, Shieldhouse played high school football, as I said, at Rockhurst where he won the Simone Award and was named the Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of Missouri as a junior, and uh, know folks who played with him and chatted with him when he was just a freshman. He played the game as a freshman and was running all over the place, and uh, has looked like a rock star uh, on the rise as a, a young coach. Looked like that path was going to be college, but now going to go sit at the the side of Sean McVay. Not bad. Congratulations, Nathan Shieldhouse. That is freaking awesome. Vinny Pascantino's next. Welcome back here on the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Uh, let's talk some Royals baseball here. We got the first baseman for the Kansas City Royals, Vinny Pascantino, joins us here in the program. Vinny, how are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Uh, feel good to be back out here. I know the season didn't go the way you wanted it to go last year. You chopping at the bit to get going this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, probably a little bit more than usual. But I'm more so just excited to be here again. This yeah. is always one of the best times of year when you're getting going. The weather's great. It's not too hot yet. It's still cold in the morning and at night. So, yeah, I'm just excited to be back out here again. How are you health-wise? Great. I feel, you know, I feel just as good as I ever have, if not better. And I'm just really excited to go do it. Any limitations that, you you know, precautions or are you just a full go? No, I'm good to go. Uh, I got cleared in December, okay. which is a little bit weird getting cleared in the off season because then you just go home. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's really no difference there of, of your everyday life because you're pretty much cleared. But then you finally get, you know, it was a good day to fly into Kansas City and get cleared. So then I knew there was no more limitations of of what was going on. So I'm just really excited. Uh, the baseball culture is one that no matter what, you say, yeah, I can go. A pitcher's always got one more batter. You've always got one more swing. That's a dangerous culture, right? Yep. It can send you down a bad road. How how, how difficult was it to find Because I know the m- mindset is there constantly. I can go. I can do it. I'll work around it. I'll make it happen. Did, did you push it too far? Did you, Do you wish maybe you shut it down quicker? Uh, I mean, there's definitely thoughts of that, but I have no regrets about how anything did, uh, anything happened. Um, I think as a player, you try to look at it as, where can I be my best? How can I be my best today, no matter what percentage you're at? But then it gets to a point where am I helping or hurting the team here? So when it got to a point where I felt like I really couldn't even grip a bat anymore with any sort of strength, and that was kind of tested out towards BP and things like that of where can I go with the ball, what kind of power do I have, once that kind of happened, I just felt like I was a hindrance to the team at that point, and it was probably time to go ahead and get it fixed. Yeah, and so now it's fixed. You're a full go now. We're talking to Vinny Pascantino here in the program. How about the off season? Watching what this ball club did. Uh, a lot of talent. A lot of free agents brought in. Uh, what, what, what's going through your mind? I know what we were thinking as Royals fans. The guy who's on the team watching that, that level of talent go up the way it was. What, what was your reaction? 
It's really exciting. Um, as a player being in it, I mean, seeing the team do things is just exciting in general. Uh, I'm not sure what the fan reaction is, but so much I would imagine there's a lot of excitement. Uh, there was a lot of relievers that were signed too, which I don't know how much fans like that nowadays. Uh, <laughs> fans think that you could just build a bullpen, which hey, whatever. But I'm happy to uh, I'm happy to to have these guys come in, a bunch of older guys that have been there, done that, and they can kind of show us the way. And we're doing it together and. Just really excited about it. What kind of statement does it make the, for the organization to go out and spend that kind of money? I mean, what 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 do you guys chat about when you're like, hey, like they're just spending real cash here, right? Like, I mean, does that do anything for for the morale of the club? Is it, was it a question as to whether or not the organization would spend that kind of money? Yeah, well, I think the biggest nail was getting Bobby done, right? I mean, right. you know, making just go ahead and make that official. All the other moves, as great as they were, they got that one done, which really shows the city you know you've got 15 years or 14 years with the options and right team has options he has options but you know if, if all all goes right you've got 14 years of bobby witt jr and that just shows everybody around the league we're here we're here to play um you know i'm not going to make any proclamations of what that could mean for the division or whatever because right. you know we at the end of the day we have to go do it it doesn't matter how much we talk about it how much i talk about myself how healthy i feel i just have to go do it that's the only thing that matters and i think that's what this mindset of this locker room is so far as it doesn't matter you know we go make these moves we spend a hundred some million dollars this off season okay let's go do it none of that matters anymore because it's time to put up and shut up I don't know if you know this, but fan is short for fanatic, uh-huh. right? So fanatics don't generally think clearly. And so you would think that, hey, look, Bobby signed. We're all happy. It's great. Everybody can calm down now. No. The first thing the fan said is, when do they sign Vinny, right? That's great. They had maybe five minutes of joy knowing Bobby's there. The next question was, when are they going to sign Vinny? How about it? Are you? Would you like to have a deal done, or are you working on a deal? Well, I think the biggest thing is, as a fan of other sports as well and of other teams, I feel the exact same way. It's never good enough until you win it all, which, right. hey, in Kansas City on the other side of the street, I'm sure people are still unhappy about something the Chiefs are doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody's nitpicking something. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as myself, I got you know I got no no information for you. Uh, okay. I'm just excited to be here. I know I know I'm here this year, and I'm really excited about it. So, do you like the environment? Would you like to be in Kansas City? I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it here. Um, I think it's a great place to play. I'd be really excited to be here uh, farther than what my contract is now. That'd right. be awesome. Uh, it's definitely something I've thought about it, but it's nothing that has really been discussed. Um, I'm focused on being healthy. I think the biggest thing for me is I need to go prove to myself, the organization, the fans, that I can play a full season. Right. Um, that's important for me. So a lot of people might argue that we don't know who I am yet because I haven't had the sample size. Well, I'd argue I don't know who I am yet either. i got to go prove that to myself. So for me, this year is all about just making the playoffs, right? It's not about, oh, am I going to do a, an extension, whatever it may be. It's show up every day, be healthy, be available for this team and try to lead the way. Yeah, the rumors, uh, again, f- fanatics uh, like, like to uh, like, like to travel in rumors, uh, are that there are a lot of teams calling asking about you. Like, hey, maybe the Royals don't value what they got there. Maybe we value more than the Royals. Let's see if we can make a deal. Did you hear those things during the offseason, and what's your reaction when you do hear it? Yeah, I take it as an honor from both sides of teams calling and the Royals kind of, you know, seemingly – wanting to keep me around um so that's really cool to see uh, i know the main one was the jesus lazardo miami you never know what if what if whatever is written if it's complete truth but i take that as a, a big badge of honor for both the royals and the marlins for both wanting me around so 
I hope I can prove <laughs> prove both of them right <laughs> and, uh, you know, do something this year. Do you feel pressure with all this, with everything that's going on? With the, I mean, you're coming up to where the times where it is going to be about the contracts. It's part of the business. You know, everybody, listen, I want to get paid, right? And do you feel pressure right now? Do you feel like maybe the clock, it's not ticking, right? You're not an old man. Mm-hmm. As I'm the guy with the gray hair. But do you, do you feel a little pressure on, on this season to, you know, you need to make your mark? I don't feel any sort of outside pressure. I learned a lot this past season. Uh, there was an interview I gave where I was asked about an extension, and I gave a, a bad answer because uh, I was not expecting the question. Right. Um, but it's one of those things where I learned a lot this past year that this game is a business, right? And it's a business in both ways, not just from the team, from my perspective too. And <laughs> I need to come out and play and do my thing. That's all that matters is be healthy, be available for this team. And for me, you know, I put all I put way more pressure on myself than anybody could put on me. So whether it's contract stuff, outside noise, I don't care because I put more pressure on myself than anybody could. I have a lot of high expectations for what I can and can't do, and I really believe in myself. And now it's exciting because the off season is a very selfish time. It's where you work on yourself, where you try to mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically get better. Now it's time to just go do it. Now we get to do the fun part, which is go play the game. Right. Play it as a team. That's the exciting part for me is it's not about what I do. It's about what we do. What I need to do, be here, be healthy, be available. What we need to do, go out and ball out. Uh, Vinny Pascatino is with us uh, here in the program. Uh, the One of my favorite conversations always to have was Zach Cranky. I love mm-hmm. talking to Zach. Uh, I learned so much from him about so many things I didn't know I was going to learn. I asked him once about why he was able to throw strikes always, and he said he had the touch gene. He explained to me the touch gene. You seem to have the on-base gene. You have the, you have what is a strike the other way. You can recognize what a strike is. You have the power gene. Uh, you can hit the ball in the air. You can hit the ball a long way. When did you realize, hey, I can do this pretty good. Like, I'm, I'm better, you know, I'm not saying at the big league level, but as a kid when you went, I know what a strike is. That guy's swinging at everything. Well, I don't know why he's swinging at that. When did you realize you were different and had a, a better set of skills than, than maybe the other kids? I don't. I still don't really think I am. I just go play. Really? Um, I just go play. I work hard. So you don't ever look at a bat and go, "What the hell was that guy swinging at?" No, I mean I do that, but okay. I do that to myself too. <laughs> like that's not that's not at anybody. That's at right. myself. I I had an at bat against Cole Reagans the other day where I swung at a pitch. I thought it was over my head and it was actually right at the top of the strike zone. And in my mind, I'm ripping myself. Then I go back. I'm like, okay, that was just a good pitch. Yeah. Um, no, I. I I'm more of a negative thinker when it comes to that anyway. So anytime I swing at a bad pitch, strike out, whatever it may be, um, I'm very angry. I'm upset at it. Like, my job is to get on base. My job is to drive guys in. I'm not happy unless I'm doing my job. So for me, that's what makes us better as a team is when I'm able to drive guys in and I'm able to get on base. So I just like doing my job. I take a lot of pride in it. I feel like I work really hard at it. I'm also a believer in – the results are what matter, right? Yeah. Like, especially from a fan perspective, from from an outside perspective, that's what matters is the results. But for me, I just got to work hard, make my bed, so to speak, and let everything take care of itself. Let's get Vinny Pascatino back to work. We'll get to our final four. Four quickies brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. If you suffer an orthopedic injury in everyday life, playing sports, uh, they're open right there. Walk-in care is available at 435 and all. Weekdays 8 to 7. You can walk right in right now. Saturdays, it's 8 to 2. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. All right, four quick ones. First of all, uh, what's your favorite eat spot here in Surprise? What's the go-to? 
Right now I'm living with Matt Duffy, who played with us last year, and his wife, Rachel, makes great dinner. So really it's just just at his house, a little home cooking. Okay, I like that. Um, All right. Uh, When did you realize you had power? What age did you go? I, I can I can hit the ball, man. No, I still get mad because my savant page. I don't have an opposite field home run in the big league, so I still don't really <laughs> think that I have power. <laughs> um, like I'll see MJ go into the fountains in left center field. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> uh, so I don't. I just still don't really think I have that much power. Sometimes it just goes, you know. Do you have a goal for this year? Any kind of that you've set for a personal goal? I know the team goal is always first, but do you have anything? Is it hit a certain? Average on base, homers. I mean, there's, play, art, there's number artificial games. numbers, right? Sure. I think one big one for me is I, I I want to prove that I'm a good first baseman and I want to be out there a lot. Like my defense is really important to me, and I know as a bigger guy, a lot of people will think that I'm just dumb as rocks and I just go up there and swing. Like I take a lot of pride in my baseball IQ and my ability to base run, even though I'm not the fastest person. I mean, that's just objective. I, I don't have to hide behind that and just clean some things up on defense. And it's something I take a lot of pride in is the other side of the ball. I just I consider myself a baseball player. I just really like playing the game, both sides. Um, so, yeah, I think my goals are just – I think the biggest goal for me is be available for 162. I, obviously, the dream is to play 162. Yeah. But I just want to be there for all 162 because I take a lot of pride in and how I treat my body and how I how I prepare for games, and I would like to go out there and prove it for a full season. Future Ironman, Vinny Pascatino with us here. Uh, all right, final one. Who is your biggest baseball influence? It's my father. Um, I know that that's about as cliche of an answer as possible. But oh, it's just... I, it tells a story. I ask all the guys that, but I think it tells a story of the game, yeah. how much the game is a father to some game. <laughs> well, here's a, a – a funny story about my dad. So I think I struck out like 11 point something percent last year. And he told me I struck out 80% too much. Um, <laughs> so I said, wait, you want me to strike out at like a 3% clip? Yeah. And he goes, well, have you gone back and looked at your bats? Look how many of them were bad strikeouts. And to him, a bad strikeout is just not swinging. <laughs> the pitch, hey, no matter where the pitch is, if it's a called third strike, it's it's a uh, it's a bad, bad strikeout. strikeout. <laughs> so and no matter what, if I swing, it's pretty much a good strikeout because uh, at least I gave myself a chance. I'm right, like, dude. He painted it, or there's nothing much I could do with that pitch, or it was a bad call, whatever it may be. He just went against from the game plan. Like, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'll try to do better. But, no, I, I make fun of him about that, but he's awesome. We talk every day. Every day I come home from the stadium, I call him, let him know how the day went, let him know how my swing feels. We just talk about it all the time. But uh, I want to make sure I hammer it because I don't want to get ripped again. I absolutely adore Kansas City. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and it's, I'm not just saying that to say it. My wife and I love being there. We love the plaza. We love downtown. I love Joe's. She's not a massive barbecue fan. So when she's not there, I make sure I hit Joe's all the time. Um, yeah, we're massive fans of the city. We're, we've become Midwesterners, um, and we're really excited about it. Listen, Joe's has been a sponsor of this show for 25 years. So, you know, you, you talk Joe's, you're, you're hitting a home I, run with me. I think it was like Memorial Day or something last year. I stood in line for like an hour and a half outside. <laughs> and what, what I love about fans in Kansas City is a few people recognize me right. but didn't say anything, which to me, like if you see me, I don't think I'm the most recognizable guy anyway right. other than the fact that I'm like tall. Right. <laughs> But if you see me, feel free. Come say hello. I don't care. Uh, but I had people who were in line that, like, two weeks later at the stadium getting autographs. Said, hey, I saw you in the Joe's line a few yeah. weeks ago. Like, <laughs> you can just come. It's fine. We're cool. Like, well, uh, 
I can tell. I can. I will vouch for you. You're the real deal. I've spoken with you a couple of times, and I did come up to you and bother you at our uh, 20 year anniversary show, and you were couldn't have been kinder. You had a ton of people coming up and talking to you. Vinny, Kansas City loves you. If there's a couple of jackasses that <laughs> don't worry about them, you try to make everybody happy. You know, you, but you can't. You can't. Abel, you can't can it. Some of them all the time. All of them some of the time can't That's make right. all that. You are loved in Kansas City. We love having you here. Yeah, thank Thanks you. so much for giving us some time today. I appreciate it. Thanks. Welcome back here on the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB as we're broadcasting live here at Surprise Arizona. Spring training coverage continues as we welcome uh, Royal starting pitcher Jordan Lyles here to the program. Jordan, how are you, sir? Doing well, thank you. Uh, feel good to be back? Does it feel good to be with this squad? This is a very different-looking clubhouse than the one you were in last year. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really good um, to, to uh, be uh, here this, this uh, past week. Um, honestly, just uh, the biggest one for me is just getting in the clubhouse and seeing the, the guys from last year, seeing some of the new faces, the new arms that uh, have come over via trade or, or free agency that uh, you hadn't had a chance to play with and uh, greeting them, welcoming, welcoming them and um, saying hello. I, I said starting pitcher. Is it, you know, I heard. Matt Quattrero said one of the things he said today was talking about competition for everybody. I mean, is everything open? Is it? Does anybody have their, their slot? Do you know where you're going to pitch? Or is spring training this time about, you know, competing for and winning a spot? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I treat it like a normal offseason, and uh, that starts and ends with trying to figure out a way to get better. Um, I'm not sure what Q have said uh, so far, but it's not going to change my outlook on – how to go out there and compete once once hitters are in the batter's box and um and then within that in between starts figuring out ways during bullpens and side work to uh tinker and get better with the uh, individual pitches what, what 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 in particular do you uh, you know want, want to work on like is there is there one pitch is is every year about developing a new pitch or is it about refining the arsenal you've got i know the sweeper is one of the big pitches that's out there in baseball everybody wants a sweeper but um you know what what what, what particular do you want to go i'm not mean, trying to yeah. give the, the hitters the game plan right but yeah. but uh, what do you want to work on here in yeah spring? I, i've uh, I've had that sweeper for the last year or so, but uh, for me, uh, I would say a strong focus for me was uh, trying to gain a little bit of velo. Um, I think last year I was around ninety ninety two, so if we can get a couple more ticks, uh, and, and within that aspect, to allow me to get away with a few more m- mistakes, fastball wise over the plate, um, uh, that that's uh, one of the things I, I've uh, uh, researched and, and looked after. Uh, searched after this off season, and then pitch wise, um, at the top of that list for me, um, it's, it was tinkering with my curveball, curveball grip. Let's see if we can get it to be a little bit tighter, a little bit less loopy, uh, and make it uh, look fastball a little bit longer to the hitters. You uh, last year, in my opinion, took a lot of grenades, right? Like there were times that the you'd come around the bullpen had been overworked, and you would go out there and you'd go out, and maybe it wasn't your best day, but you'd give this team innings. You gave 175 innings, and I think a lot of times, you know, listen, everybody wants to throw a shutout or seven or eight or nine shutout innings, but somebody's got to pitch nine innings. Right, and I think that gets lost on the fans a lot of times. And many times, I think there were times that you were fantastic for five, and it would have been awesome to be like, okay, 
peace out, I'm done. Saw everybody twice, I, I, I'm out. And yet you would take the ball and go back out there on times where the club had to have somebody go. Did you know going in that you were going to be that guy, that you were going to be the guy that this club would lean on to, to give innings, you know, no matter what? Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I've been the last, I would say, handful of years. And um, uh, obviously the run prevention wasn't ideal for me. Sure. Um, at the end of the day, that it is what it is. But uh, on the backside of that, um, within the clubhouse and within a team, um, you got to – you got, you got to put yourself in a position that allows the other 25 guys on the team to kind of benefit maybe the next day or the next series. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of people, we got a bullpen, but usually we don't have a full bullpen. Right. And a lot of fans don't realize that. So Q has a, he has a game plan and, and manage. Uh, we had a young staff other than Zach and I, and Zach was in and out. Um, and I, I, I made every start. So, um, yeah, Q uh, relied on me and, and gave me uh, a little bit longer leash than most guys would, and um, I'm all on board for it. Um, the longer the leash for me, the better. I know you say leash, but I would say he leaned on you. Leash makes it sound like you're tugging him. I think, if anything, he was pushing because I think he had nowhere else to go. I, that, that's the part that, you know, I looked at your, your career and your starts like in Milwaukee when you have some, you know, quote-unquote better numbers. When you have a better bullpen and, you know, other guys that can go deeper into games, it's funny how your numbers are there. Like, when you've been on good teams, your numbers have been at their best, which I think just speaks to and why I would think this year would be very exciting for you because there's a lot of veteran additions that have been made to that bullpen. It's going to be deeper. Young guys who are now more seasoned as well depth competition and more veteran guys in that rotation to where the baton doesn't get handed to you on your start after three and a third, two and a third, Hey Jordan, we got to have you go. I mean, listen, I, I know the clubhouse is a there's a sanctity of the clubhouse, but I felt like it kept falling on you. You got to go deep, and you always did. And you would stand at your locker afterwards, and you would never complain. You'd never do anything. I mean, I know that's the code of the road, but there are also little. I've been around long enough to hear guys where they're like, "I'm saying the right thing," but I'm letting you know, like, yeah, you know. Or you could see a guy on the mound. You never had that pouty pout pout. In the fifth, you were always up there looking like you were going to do it. Did you have frustration, though, at times? I mean, I'm, I, I that had to be, like, it, it, difficult for you, knowing that, like, yeah. you're taking one for the team a lot. Um, I, w- I would just say that the, maybe the, the biggest uh, downside would be just that, that final line outing-wise, runs-wise. Um, it's not ideal, but I know myself and I know the – uh, definitely the the bullpen and the other guys in the clubhouse uh, sitting next to me, clubhouse wise, locker wise, uh, they respected it. They know what's going on, um, and at the end of the day, their respect means the most to me. So that's kind of how I live my baseball season out. Yeah, uh, I, I you know I, I hear exactly what you're saying because I see it in there, and I know. I remember when James Shields walked into the clubhouse after three or four. Yeah, five. I can't remember how many straight 200 inning seasons he'd have at the Rays, and the swag that that carries. And uh, you know, you, now guys don't throw 225 anymore. You're the the guy throwing the big inning total, and and that is huge in that clubhouse. And 
how much do you feel like, hey, the chemistry of this team and, and the depth of this team is a lot better? Baseball is such a grind and such a marathon that, yeah, maybe there isn't a Cody Bellinger being brought in, but the depth of this team increased dramatically, both on the pitching staff and on the, on the hitting side. How much do you, having played this game for a long time, on a lot of teams that played on some really good teams, how much do you think that will benefit this team this year? Yeah, tremendously. Um, to start with, JJ and Scott did a, a wonderful job of bringing, acquiring, uh, trade in, and some bigger name free agents. Um, uh, just to allow us to not lean on those young guys like we did as much last year, um, so they can kind of ease into it just another maybe half a se- uh, two or three months and not have to completely grind opening day all the way through um, six months. But, uh, it's gonna it's gonna benefit us so much more that we don't have to learn uh, lean on just two or three players on the offensive side, starting uh, staff side, bullpen wise, um, knowing that the person next to you could probably pick you up and you don't have to do too much. Uh, it carries weight through throughout six months. I watched Zach Greinke come up at about 19 years old for this team, and the whole town was counting on Zach Greinke who pitches once every five days, uh, to, to turn this team around. But it's a time when they were barreling towards 100 losses, and I, it really stunted his growth, right? How much do you think the veteran guys, yourself, Waka, Lugo, Renfros, all of that, Salvi, of course, who's been here for, forever, but, but how much does that help for the young guys that will come along to not have this whole town sit and look and be like, okay, save us? Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think it does – I think a lot of people want to – uh, point the finger to on-field success of uh, someone learning from someone, but I think inside the clubhouse is where our routines, where the older guys can, the young guys can lean on the older guys to to go about, to learn how to go about things uh, on a daily basis, how to be professional, when to show up, uh, when's too much work, uh, when's uh, when a rest is needed. Um, and at the end of the day, just to be a little bit more professional. And then, obviously, we're, we're, we've been around for a while for a reason. So uh, they're going to take uh, what they can from us on a, on a pitching side, um, tinkering with pitches, uh, mindset and certain counts, how to attack hitters after two quick outs, um, just those little conversations when we're not on the mound. Uh, it uh, It's a... Uh, it's a big deal. Yeah. We're talking to Jordan Lyles here in the program. Time for our final four brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Four quickies. I'll start you with this. No one on this team, your favorite catcher to throw to. So we'll take Salvi out. We'll take anyone. I'm just curious, from, from all your days in baseball, do you have a favorite catcher outside of anyone you, that's on this team right now? Uh, I had my most success with uh, Yasmani Grandal. So okay. I got to go success first. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Toughest hitter. Uh, you, you, who do you have the toughest time with? Or you take somebody who's out of the game if you don't want to give away. Prime Pujols in St. Louis. Yeah, okay. That's a, that's a pretty good one to have a tough time yeah. with. I like that. Uh, what's the uh, hot spot here in Surprise for you? Where's your go-to spot? For our food, or food, hanging out, oh. yeah, it's kind of restaurantish. I'm Honestly, it's uh, either a golf course or my couch. Uh, those, <laughs> those are uh, where I enjoy my most time. I like that golf course or the couch. I will. We know where to find you now. Uh, and who was your biggest baseball influence? Who had the biggest uh, influence on your baseball career? Um, 
I grew up in South Carolina, so I watched the the Braves through their run. Right. And favorite player was Chipper Jones. Chipper was so. your favorite player. But did you have somebody who influenced you personally, like uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, somebody you dealt with one on one, or you know, was it a, a coach? Was it a, a family member? Was it? No, it wasn't like a, a one conversation with a coach or anything that clicked for me in that aspect. But uh, just uh, I grew up with four brothers. My mom taking us around to the fields every day. Yeah. Uh, looking back on that, giving me some perspective. Um, that 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 means a lot. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Jordan, hey, thanks for the time. We really appreciate it. Look forward to chatting with you back yeah, in case. Appreciate it. Thank you.